0: Need a bigger potion. Snakes. Why did it have to be snakes? Life, uh, finds a way. Welcome to, uh, what is this called? Uh, 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 Spielberg Chronologically. Uh, This is the podcast uh, where I, an idiot, do it again. Uh, But this time I've brought in a a friend, uh, someone who's guested on a handful of episodes, and he was also dumb enough to say, yeah, let's do this some more Uh, from the gaming nexus. Welcome to the show, Eric.
1: Thank you. Thank you very much. I'm No, I, I don't think that it's dumb enough. I'm excited, man. I'm <laughs> well, I'm super into it. I think this is uh, a fantastic opportunity to go back and revisit some of my favorite films of all time and catch up on some that I've never seen before. Um, it, it, when I was looking through the list of Spielberg's films, uh, there are several that I've never seen, which is surprising because I tried to make a point of checking them all out, but some have snuck by me. So Um, so yeah, this is, this is a a thrill for me to be able to start doing this.
0: Yeah. I, and, and Eric is going to be a permanent co-host, uh, as long as he wishes. I mean, (laughs) um, I'm in for it, man. I'm in for it. Definitely through the Spielberg, uh, movies. That's the plan. Um, and then, Hey, who knows if there'll be a third season where we do, I don't know, maybe M. Night Shyamalan. It's a short season. Hey, I'd be down for it. Or two short seasons or.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd be down for it, too. It's just he doesn't have as many films as Spielberg.
0: Right now. I uh, This is going to be so much easier because there are no silent movies. There are. Uh, I mean, Jaws, Indiana Jones. Uh, there's some I didn't even know, like Minority Report. I didn't know that was him. I love that movie.
1: It's easy to get some some enthusiasm together for this one. Oh,
0: yeah, and so, but we got to start. I don't want to say at the bottom, but we got to start at the beginning because you know it's chronological. You, that's where you start usually. And um, so he has a handful of made-for-TV movies uh, now. I they said I thought this one was said to have been made for TV, but I could be wrong. So I, I looked into
1: it, and here's the deal: it was originally filmed to be an ABC Sunday night movie. And they did show it on ABC as a Sunday night movie. Mm -hmm. And then universal, the studio behind it decided that it was so good. They wanted to release it theatrically in Europe. So they sent Spielberg back out, got another truck, brought back the actors and filmed extra scenes to extend out the time so that they could have a theatrical release.
0: Oh, and that's when they added the the word shit. I'm guessing. Yes. Um, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: There were the, because there are some swear words and uh, the extra scenes that they added in. And, and uh, I don't want to get ahead of us, but so I'll just refer to them as uh, the wife conversation, the railroad tracks, um, the school bus. And there was oh one, the school bus. Oh, there was boy. one more, and so those those were scenes uh, filmed after the fact in order to extend the. Uh extend the the play time because because it was originally 71 minutes and they had to kind of pad it out oh the opening where the car just drives and drives and drives and drives that too yeah that was was part of the theatrical expansion so
0: okay well uh this is what you're gonna get now you're gonna have someone on the show who actually does research and looks into things and then there's gonna be me who's like what (laughs) so um i'm glad you're here now uh so we watched Duel from the year it came out which would be uh 1971. 1971. Yeah. Um and this is Spielberg's first feature length film. Uh and let me say for uh, his first movie it's pretty good. Yeah, it's it, for a TV movie too. It's pretty right. had, it's pretty good. Had I turned on a made a Sunday night movie and this was on I'd be like Oh, my. This is pretty good. They stepped it up a little bit.
1: Yeah. I I was impressed overall, um, before we get into what the movie's all ab- about, uh, there were a few things about how it was made that really stuck out to me. Like, number one, it's 1971. They filmed the whole thing practically. Like, there's not a hint of green screen in this movie. So for a movie that takes place almost entirely in cars, they filmed it in cars with people driving cars, you know, with like, this was a
0: dangerous movie. It felt like
1: I thought so too towards the beginning. There's this shot and it's when our main character, his last name is man. I can't remember his first name, uh, is driving behind the truck and David. the camera like swings out and passes him on the road and passes the truck on the road and then swings back in in front of the truck. And I was like, damn, like somebody spent some money and some time planning that shot. Like it's not, it's not a cheapy, you know, just throw cameras beside the road sort of deal. Like there are some really, really cool filmmaking techniques on display in this movie.
0: Yeah. And I think he, uh, he definitely I guess saw this as an opportunity to show off <laughs> cuz I think uh he did not blow his opportunity. Um, no, yeah, so, it
1: is a little show offy. And and that makes it that much cooler, uh, you know. I like, think so.
0: I didn't yeah. think it, too much of it was like oh like you know sometimes you get the young filmmaker and they're like overly artsy and oh look at this. But I felt like all of it was tastefully done. There was nothing. All the shots were actually just cool-looking shots, and not. Yeah. Look how creative I am.
1: They were all in service of the story, and to like build up the, the tension.
0: And I, I think that's one of the things I I like about Spielberg as a whole is. I I never feel like he's pretentious. You know what I mean? Like anything I see, I think he's a guy who's trying to make movies for everyone. You know, yeah. I want everyone to enjoy my movies.
1: I think so too. There's definitely like a populist slant to his films you know like they are for uh, you know movie fans you know like they are to be enjoyed at a saturday matinee with your buddies you know and even the ones that are more elevated than that they're still i don't want to say they're not challenging but they're accessible you know to your everyday movie fan yeah
0: i mean once we get to like amistad and uh you know schindler's list we'll talk about challenging um in in the sense that he presents you with a lot of things that you have to take in. Um, but this movie is uh, just a whole lot of fun. Um, it It takes place in, who? Do, what state is this in? Is it like, because the license plate on the, the truck are Arizona, New Mexico, so somewhere in the, somewhere the Southwest.
1: In the Southwest, yeah. And, and it's funny that you mentioned the license plates because uh, the front of the truck has like six or seven different license plates on it. I I didn't know what the rules were with license plates on trucks, but my wife was uh, under the impression that those were trophies that he had collected off of people that he oh, had killed.
0: Oh, dude, that's great! <laughs> that's <laughs> yeah. very good. I because I'm like in my life, and in, who knows? Because this was the seventies, but I'm used to seeing you, you get one plate probably from the DOT uh, right. the Department of Transportation, and you're you're good. And I I think you're right, and I kind of hope that's the case, because it makes sense then. Because there's... All right, so the movie is about a guy on a business trip, and he runs into a guy driving a semi-truck. Not literally runs into, but... And this guy in the semi-truck tries to kill him with his semi. And
1: in a, like, really elaborate cat and mouse sort of way playful
0: um, yeah he's playing yeah, with his he food is, he yeah. is
1: toying with this guy for hours you know like it's not like he's just coming after him and he's gonna ram him you know it the whole i did f-
0: check the box and then move on yeah
1: right there's there's kind of an episodic nature to the film so uh, after he runs into the truck Like the truck goes away, the truck comes back, the truck goes away, the truck comes back. It feels almost dreamlike the way, like if you've ever had one of those dreams where you're trying to escape from something and you feel like you've made it. And then you come around a corner and there it is again. Like that's the feeling that this film gives. Like this truck is inevitable. Like it is just no matter what our character does, that truck is going to be there. You know? Yeah,
0: and and he does a lot of things that I would do. Sometimes you, you you watch like a horror movie or something. You're like, why, why, why are you doing that? And um, but there's a part where he just parks and he says, I'm not going anywhere for at least an hour. You know, and I'm like, that you know, outpatient's your guy. And he drives away. You you think you've lost them, yeah. and but that guy. And one thing that I I I knew nothing about the movie really, other than that it was about a killer truck. Now, part of me thought that it was a supernatural. Like self-aware truck before well, I, I went into it.
1: I could see that just looking at the imagery from the film. Like If you'd only seen a couple stills or something, because the truck itself... Well, f- for starters, you don't really get a good look at the truck driver ever. ever. So the truck itself is a character in this film, and the design work they put into this truck is just extraordinary. Like, It's very difficult to describe, but I can't imagine a more evil-looking semi-truck. You know, it's uh, rusted out, and it's brown, and it's uh, got, like, paint dribbles on it, and i don't know you just kind of have to see it and experience it to to kind of understand just how evil this truck looks and part of what contributes to that also is the the sound design that they have with the truck yeah like you can hear the gear shifting and you can hear the rumble of the engine and the axles turning and then it lays on that horn it's you know and it's like it's it's very much a singular presence in the film yes uh I was kind of surprised and taken aback at just how, like, intimidating this truck is. Uh, but it really is. Like, it's every bit as intimidating as, like, the shark in Jaws, you know? It is definitely uh, a force to be reckoned with.
0: Yeah. And uh, I totally agree. It is an intimidating presence. And then, like, there's times where... so. Uh... Like I said, I went into the movie thinking it was some sort of supernatural truck. And then you see the driver's arm waving the guy around. Ah, come on, pass me. You know, and then he passes him. And then the guy, the truck passes by again. And the truck also is incredibly mobile. So one of the things is the it's got a big tanker on the back that just says flammable. Right. And um, I don't want to jump too far ahead. <laughs> <laughs> but when you see flammable on a truck, you're kind of... You ever seen Twenty One Jump Street where yeah. they they they're on a highway chase and there's all these explosive things like yeah. a, a tanker truck that says flammable and it never blows up. So yeah, there's an expectation that this thing's going to explode.
1: Well, yeah. When I'm driving on the highway and I see like a big tanker truck. I give it leeway, man. Like I either like zip ahead of it to get away from it, or I drop back to get away from it. Like those those things, just by nature of what's in them and what can happen with them, are kind of like, you know, the like, thing
0: that actually scares me more are the 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 trucks with cars on the back, oh, I hate or that. logs. I hate that. So, <laughs> yeah. just I'm like, uh, I'm just waiting for someone's Civic to fly through my windshield.
1: Quick diversion. Did you see that video that was going around about I don't know maybe three, four months ago, about the guy who got one of those trucks with cars on it stuck on the railroad track, like he bottoms out on the railroad track. Yes,
0: and, well, was it? Like a train
1: comes and hits it, spoiler alert. Oh,
0: no, because the one I saw was a guy going in a tunnel. Oh, I didn't see that. And ripped the roof off of the, the, the trailer, and then underneath were all the cars that were ruined. Oh, that's dead And I was like, that guy is fired.
1: Yeah, I had a guy right in front of my house. I live next to an overpass. I'm looking at it right now out the window. And uh, when they were building the overpass, they had a a like steel girder underneath it that they were building on. You know, They were p- placing the cement on it. I don't know how they build overpasses. Whatever. It doesn't matter. The overpass was lower than it usually is. And there were all these signs up and down my road like, trucks don't do it trucks don't even <laughs> don't try it you know <laughs> they, they might as well have just spray painted the word no on the overpass and sure enough some fool came roaring down there at like 40 miles an hour and uh wedged his semi underneath oh, the overpass and they were out there for like two days cutting this dude out of there you know they were out there with he like was torches stuck. and shit or oh just yeah the, oh it was my stuck gosh. like it was wedged oh, underneath. it you was like, stuck was
0: he stuck no, he
1: got out. No, he just oh, got okay. out of the door. I, I was like,
0: two days. Good lord.
1: Yeah, it was. Uh, it was craziness. Like they let all the air out of the tires and tried to get it out that way, but it was like so tight in there. They had to. Anyhow, I'm
0: way Speaking off. Speaking of but... getting stuck, uh, well, <laughs> well all right. Uh, there's a uh, um they go to a diner and now after being harassed a good bit and do you think we should the... just start
1: at the beginning and kind of go through because like
0: sure because well part of it is is I, I might have a hard time remembering it because there's just a lot of driving there is this movie there's <laughs> a
1: lot of driving but I got I got the Wikipedia page up in front of me which kind of breaks down the plot so we can hit the major points because right. because it is episodic in and, and when you're watching the film it does feel like oh they're driving Oh, they're driving, you know, but stuff actually does happen.
0: Yeah, so I I was at no point bored, but yes, they they drive a lot.
1: Yeah, so essentially, uh, our guy David David Mann, that's his name. He's a salesman, right? And he's leaving home and he's going out. It says into the Mojave Desert, and he is, uh, you know, going. He has to go meet his boss, right, someplace else.
0: Now, what was playing on the radio?
1: Okay, so. It's is interesting there? that you said that because I, I was going to circle around to that at the end because there's a oh, definite, okay.
0: there's a theme running through we this We can movie. hold off on that because that was like, I was wondering what if, so I, go, all right, we'll wait till the end. But I was wondering if there is some sort of significance. I really feel like there is some, some, some significance. Some sort of allegory with the truck. Oh, percent. And what was playing on the radio? Between, okay. Between
1: between that and his conversation with his wife, I definitely feel like there is like a, a thing going on here as far as the uh, yeah as far as the okay. theme of the movie. But just to keep it like in in uh, events, like what happens? Okay, so he's driving down the road. Uh, there's a truck in front of him. The truck is going kind of slow. He passes the truck. The truck gets mad, honks its horn, and whips around him. And then slows way down. Yeah, which so is just he, typical
0: road rage so far. Which is just, yeah,
1: it's just like road ragey stuff. And the the, the, the David Mann guy is like ah, this is sign of some crap. So in order to like create some space between him and the truck, he pulls into the uh, a gas station. He fills up his gas. He asks the uh, the attendant to take a, a look at his engine. The guy says, oh, you need a new radiator hose. And the guy's like ah, nah, don't worry about it. You so guys always for say me.
0: That. I'm that guy. I'm I'm David Mann in that moment. I'm like, all right, yeah, okay. Cause it's always belts or hoses, right? Yeah. And I'm the You're same.
1: Right? I'm like, yeah, sure, buddy. Yeah, uh, I'll get it, I'll get it next year.
0: Yeah, exactly. Uh and then he, he's filled it up with ethyl. Now, uh, I've never called gasoline ethyl. <laughs> he says it several times too. Maybe yeah.
1: it's a seventies thing. Fill it up with yeah. ethyl.
0: Yeah. It's like, funny. Was ethanol a thing even? You I, know, I mean I guess because they call I've heard it called petrol. I've heard it called Petrol too. Yeah. But Ethel? I don't know. Uh, Just so he could make the name joke? You know, fill it up with Ethel. Well, that's if Ethel's okay with it. Right. (laughs) So I don't know. Uh, So while he's there,
1: the truck pulls up next to him. Yeah. Right? And the guy gets out of the truck, and uh, our guy kind of sees his shoes, like his boots. He's wearing these cowboy boots. And he sees the boots kind of walking back and forth underneath the truck. But then uh, the guy just gets back in the truck and honks his horn for service, and so our guy takes off. Like he gets he gets back in his tiny little red car. I forget what he's driving. Isn't it like a? It's a Valiant. Some, I believe is what it said on the side of the car. Plymouth. Like like a smaller, non- not a intimidating guy. red car. Yeah, I'm not a car guy either.
0: I well, and I wasn't alive in the '70s, so I don't know. Like, if it were an '80s car, I could probably spot it.
1: Right. Same. I was alive in the 70s, but I was not paying 70, attention to
0: cars. 79? Doesn't count.
1: <laughs> Earlier. Oh, okay. Keep,
0: keep, keep going. So- <laughs> no, I'm not going to do that to you. My sister always called herself a child of the 80s. I was in the 80s, but she was 89. I'm like, Psh, whatever. Oh,
1: well, that doesn't count at all. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Okay, so our dude gets back on the on the road, right? And the truck pulls up behind him. And then the truck whips around him and slows way down. And so our guy's like, what the hell with this truck? And then the guy sticks his arm out and is like, come on around, come on yeah. around. <laughs> <laughs> and so our guy like zips around the truck, and then the truck like just like zooms right up onto him and starts tailgating him. And uh and and to the point where like he's pushing him faster and faster and faster and faster and uh, David Mann in the little car loses control. He sees like a like a restaurant service station sort of thing off to the side and he whips off to the side there and kind of spins out in the parking lot and just dust everywhere and he flies off and he hits this fence.
0: And he's got whiplash apparently. It's just a ca- oh, the camera. The camera. <sighs> we lost them.
1: <laughs> it's coming back. Hold on. <laughs> it's all crickety and crazy. Right, he's he's got whiplash. And uh he's kind of like hobbling around and he goes into the restaurant and goes into the restroom and like splashes some water on his face and it's kind of like he has this internal monologue like what the hell with this truck? Like what's going on? What do I yeah. do? How do I get away from this truck? He goes back out and he sits out in the restaurant and he looks out and the truck is parked out in the parking lot. Like it had continued on, but it obviously has circled back, and it's just lurking out there. So then, and I thought this was one of the best sequences in the movie. There's all these truck drivers there in the restaurant, and some are sitting at the tables, and some are playing pool, and some are sitting at a bar. And our guy is, like, sitting there checking them out, and he's looking at their boots. Yeah. And he's, and he's like, trying to figure out which one it is. Like, which one of these guys. And all of the guys... In normal circumstances, they're just dudes. You right. Know? But under these circumstances, like kind of looking at them through his gaze, they all look pretty fishy. Like they all <laughs> look like the sort of guys well, he's who would in do the some middle, killings. The only
0: people that would be here are locals, which this is, they are in a remote part of the world, and truckers. And right. And everyone in here looks like a trucker
1: they all look like truckers
0: and so he's running through his brain he's like hey man i'm sorry about what happened on the road let me buy you a beer let's bury the hatchet oh no that wouldn't work you know i'm like why wouldn't that work you know what i mean like just face it direct and say hey i i I think i angered you on the road let's hey that's my bad let me get you a beer we'll be good to go Uh, But he has a hard
1: time. He has a hard time, like, getting up the gumption to confront any of them. Like, he could just stand up and be like, who drives that truck out there? Right. You know, that rusty
0: bucket of garbage.
1: Let's have a chat, you know, but he doesn't. He's kind of like, what do I do? How am I going to handle this? And like, lots of the guys are wearing similar boots and so on. So eventually he just picks one, right? <laughs> he just <laughs> goes up random. to this guy. And he and never
0: backs down. <laughs> and
1: the guy he's like, Hey, what the hell are you doing? And the guy's like, What are you talking about? And he's like, Hey, out there on the when you were tailgating me on the road, what are you gonna do? You better back off. And the guy's like, What are you talking about? And I forget what he says. Oh, the guy has a sandwich. And and our guy smacks the sandwich out of his hand. <laughs> and the guy stands up and just beats his ass yeah and
0: he's not even sure this is the guy
1: yeah he goes he goes super confrontational in the wrong direction basically
0: yeah then he makes a real enemy well that guy goes out gets in his truck and it's not our murder truck and then there's several people who leave there there's another guy with matching boots that leaves and he gets in a truck that's not the murder truck Right. And uh, eventually our guy gets back on the road cuz now I believe if I'm remembering correctly the truck leaves. The truck dr- the truck yeah. does
1: drive off. Yeah. So then our guy gets in the car and continues on for a little bit and that's when he hits the the school bus. Right. So he doesn't hit a school bus. He comes across school bus. Oh, buses. this school
0: bus scene. Like <laughs> There's like a school bus that's broken down. And there's kids going crazy. And the guy says, hey, man, give me a push because I need to get the car started. So, I mean, if you're you're older than me or younger than me, I should say, some of these cars were what they call manual, where you actually have to put it in a gear and shift and all kinds of stuff. And I never had to do this before, but apparently if you get a pushing, a rolling start on a car that's a manual, you can actually get the engine to turn over.
1: Yeah, you pop the clutch and the car will start.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And uh and that's what they're trying to do, but he's got a little valiant and he I don't I don't think in real life you'd be able to really get this vehicle moving. Oh, absolutely not. And then he says so. He's like, "No, it's not going
1: to work. I think I'm just going to go right under the back bumper of the bus." And so, but he he agrees to try. And so all the kids get in the bus and they're making horrible faces at him. And he's trying to. Which is great. These kids are
0: so realistic. I don't know. (laughs) I think what happened was, and and this is just Spielberg already showing like the best way to get kids to act is just let them be kids. And I wondered if you, hey, kids, get on the bus and make fun of this guy. You know, make faces at him, yell at him, just go for it. And you get very natural the kids feel real to me, you know, yeah, maybe, like they're, 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 acting. Just, they're,
1: they're sweating and drooling and making faces <laughs> and smashing their heads up against the window. Yeah. And yeah, just being kids. But, you know, it, of course he feels that this is like, you know, I don't know. He's already so tense that anything is going to make him make his tension rise, you know? Yeah.
0: And they were sitting on his car hood. Now uh, he's already wrecked the car once and he's still very much concerned about the condition of his vehicle. Yeah. And made um,
1: zero attempt to figure out who owns that fence and, like, how he should compensate them <laughs> for staying. He just gets in the car and drives away, yeah. like, to hell with these Listen, people he, and their stupid fence.
0: He's, he's got a lot going on, right? He's in so, trouble at home with the wife. Has he, he tried, made a phone call to his wife? He, yeah, he, he makes does. a phone
1: call to the wife yeah. earlier. Yeah, I kind of yeah. glazed over it. But, yeah, he makes this phone call to, to his and wife. And you
0: never – and it makes sense now that you've told me, hey, this was just made for the theatrical release. But he never – it never comes up again really i mean it doesn't it doesn't but i do think that that conversation is
1: important okay i'll I'll bring it back up at the end when i give my great thesis on the theme Ooh, i'm ready so essentially he starts pushing the the bus with his car and of course his bumper slides right underneath the 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 bus bumper and gets stuck
0: now, so, I have to say that the plan to get this unstuck, I really like. I like that's actually could work. What they're doing, if they're, if <laughs> if you time it right, I think you could make this work.
1: I think you could make it work too. And I've been in this situation in real life. Uh, my my sister once slid into a car in front of her, and the bumpers became locked like that. And this is essentially what we did. Like, we, we bounced both the cars until so they kind of broke free of each other. So that's what these guys try to do. They yeah, they start bouncing the Valiant uh, to try to get the And they still try to protect
0: free. the hood because the guy's like, here, pre-, like don't sit on the hood because <laughs> the guy is trying to get the car unstuck, the bus driver, and he sit, goes to sit on the hood and he's still protecting his car. But I'm like, if he's just trying to get his full weight behind it because- having the strength to just press down with your hands, I don't think that's enough. Um, but I, I just, I, in this moment, he's still very much trying to protect his car. <laughs> right, but then, but
1: then the bad truck shows up and that's all out the window because the bad truck shows up and it just kind of pulls maybe a hundred yards away from them. And it's just sitting there revving its engine. And our guy starts freaking out and he's like, all right, bus driver, you get in my car. <laughs> and He jumps on the hood of the car and starts jumping up and down on it. Trying
0: yeah. to get it, trying to get it freed up, Uh, which does work. It ends up working with a great shot. Cause you see him from inside the camera is inside the bus, looking out the rear window at, uh david mann as he's jumping on the car and you see the car pull away and then him kind of dangle on the uh the bus which it just felt like a real stunt like they really trying this you know
1: <laughs> absolutely like, uh, the whole movie is like that the whole movie is kind of
0: like oh they they
1: did this for real you know like mm-hmm. all, all this stuff they you know they're all real stunts um so the car gets free mann gets in the car and starts uh driving away you know like a bat out of hell and then the truck pulls up behind the bus and starts pushing the bus what a the nice guy
0: away. the truck driver is he's right. not gonna leave these kids to sweat out in the heat
1: no serial killers have ethics
0: yeah <laughs> well, maybe he doesn't kill kids you know there's right. uh i mean i just uh, there's interviews of uh, various uh, killers he's oh i wouldn't do i wouldn't kill kids you know
1: you gotta have a code you have, to yeah. have a code of honor in, that you live by
0: in order to still see yourself as a good human being yes i think that's the case
1: right okay so then after that is the uh the railroad track so our guy thinks he's free of the truck he stops at a railroad track truck pulls up behind him you know and this is another scene with like great sound design you know because he's Mm -hmm. just sitting there and you just kind of hear the train and then you know you hear the truck pull up behind him and of course the truck immediately starts pushing his car into the train yeah and it's awesome uh, it is awesome it's a great tense sequence you know um but then the train goes by and it's gone and so man just like takes off again you know i
0: think too this is also playful because if a semi-truck wanted to push you into there
1: i think it would have just done it it could it could have just done it i absolutely agree like watching this segment it really seemed like he was just toying with him because if he wanted to he could have just like put the pedal to the metal and just slammed that dude into the train yeah yeah And man's car is getting steadily more and more messed up (laughs) (laughs) as all this is going on, you know. Um, So after the train, um, the truck – actually, the truck takes off without man, and that's when man, like, slows way down. And he's going super slow, trying to let the truck, like, get some distance. But then – as he's driving, he sees the truck pulled off to the side of the road. It's just, there waiting for him. Yeah. And so then the whole thing starts again, you know, like he's, uh, you know, trying to go as fast as he can. The truck is like ramming him from behind. And that's when, (laughs) that's when he goes to the snake place.
0: Ah, yes. Now (laughs) talk about that's real. And this is dangerous. I think this is my favorite scene in the movie though. Um, so he's at a gas station and there's a, a lady that runs the place and she goes out and he gives her the usual, Hey, put as much ethyl in the car as you can and, uh, you know, check those radiator hoses. Okay. So she says, well, there's a phone, he needs to make a phone call. So he goes to a phone booth, which for those that don't know, uh, were cell phones back in the day, basically. You go to a payphone now. Did you notice that he pays money, then dials zero. Then dials he zero. Does this yeah, twice. That's wrong.
1: Yeah, it happens twice in the movie. And yeah, like I, in my experience with payphones, because I'm old enough to have used. I've phones, used like, them as well a lot. um You just dial zero if you're yeah. making it's because he's calling collect both times, and so you just dial zero and, and tell him what you want to do. That was the other thing,
0: right? So. My understanding is you pick up the phone, you dial zero, you get an operator, and then they can direct your call, but then you have to enter, put in any coins. Like, the system is smart enough to say, enter, you know, put in another quarter for another however long or whatever. Right. And, but then he not only dials the operator, but then requests a collect call. Yeah, it's, it's real weird. you definitely do not need to do. You know? No. You can either put in coins and just dial the number. Yeah.
1: Or... You can do the operator and try to do a collect call, but you don't do both.
0: Yeah. yeah. Or you dial one eight hundred collect. Remember those? Oh yeah. Ten ten three two one. All the. Anyway, I'm old. Um. Now, <laughs> while well, he's oh, this is a great shot. I... so this so we have to
1: explain like the snake place first. So yeah. there's this lady. She's got this gas station. She also has on display snakes so when he gets out of his car and goes over to the phone booth she says take a look at my snakes if you get a chance Uh so in the parking lot which is just dirt yes there are these glass cases on legs that house snakes and reptiles and then in the middle of all this is the phone booth which is just sitting kind of in the middle of the parking lot. It's like freestanding. Yeah. it's not like there's the phone no is wires to going the side to the building. It. It's just it's just kind of there. So he goes in, he puts his coin in, and he makes his collect call.
0: And then, oh no, here's the truck. Oh, here's it, the other. thing. I think he's actually calling the police. Right? He puts a coin in, dials zero, oh, and then right. he's like, and he's like, I need the police now. I a hundred percent know you do not need coins to dial nine one one. Absolutely not. And you did if not back that If you have a cell either. phone that has no plan on it, you can turn it on and dial nine one one.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. And so
0: it's like making sure you can dial nine one one no matter what. So I as he yeah he's blowing it here.
1: It's funny because he does actually get the police and he says, "I want to report a truck that's trying to kill me. This truck is harassing me." no da da da, da, da. And at that point, like, I think that that would be enough to get the police out there because they are able to know where that call is coming from, even back in the 1970s. Right. You know.
0: What's the phone number, bruh?
1: But (laughs) they don't. They never show up. There's no police involvement in this movie other than, you know, this call. So he's on the phone with the police and so on. And then here comes the truck (laughs) doing its thing, rumbling in, and just comes
0: roaring like a bat out of hell towards him. Oh, good. And it's shot. Like got, like the phone booth in the foreground and he's on the phone. And so up until this point, like we've said, he's kind of playing with his food. And yeah. so, but this is him saying, all right, enough games. I'm going to kill this guy because the truck is coming and you. The shot is awesome because like we said, there's no green screen. I'm, I'm guessing these stunts are real. And he's coming towards this little flimsy phone booth. And he gets out in time, and the phone booth just explodes as the truck runs into it. Snakes everywhere.
1: Uh, Yeah, so the guy does a couple laps. The truck does a couple laps around the parking lot, just smashing
0: up the snakes. Well, no, and and David is throwing stuff at the truck. And there's a point where David's on the ground, and he gets up, and there's a snake there. Right. a, A rattlesnake, and it strikes. Now, it misses. But even, I'm like, whoa, like again, that seemed Closely, close. Like Steven Close. Yeah. Yeah. Now, is it the Venomized? I don't know, but I was like, "Oh my gosh!" Maybe they I did the same a way they do rattler. the uh,
1: the snakes in Indiana Jones in in Raiders of the Lost Ark. This, this is I know this because I was a kid then and I read the making of the Raiders of the Lost Ark books. Uh, they had a piece of glass in between Harrison Ford and the snakes, and if you look at that shot really carefully, you can actually see Ford's reflection. Huh. Uh, when he's facing down that snake, so maybe they did something similar. Yeah, it doesn't look like it. I don't. It think doesn't so. look like it. It, <laughs> looks, it looks like the snake is just there. Uh, gotta yeah. bite him. But and one more thing before we leave the phone booth, did you notice? And and I went back and and looked at this after I read about it, and it is absolutely true. When man first goes into the phone booth and it's kind of showing through the glass of the phone booth, him having the conversation with the police, you can totally see Spielberg's reflection.
0: Oh, in, no. In I'll the have glass to go back the... and.
1: Yeah. Take a look for it. It's really funny. They're <laughs> like right there with the camera. Dang. And I didn't notice it the first That's time. That's but... great. Yeah, there are a couple other scenes later on in the movie where you can see Spielberg sitting in the backseat of the car in the rearview mirror too, which is pretty. Oh, funny.
0: that's great! I love that stuff. That's good stuff. Um, it's like, uh, why am I blanking on this dude's name? Peter Jackson will purposefully leave sort of like goofs in his right. films. And like, yeah, hey, yeah. You know, he kind of likes that stuff, and I I appreciate that sort of playfulness when you're making a movie. Um, I'm I'm definitely gonna go back and and rewatch that scene to see if I can find uh, Steven in it.
1: Yeah, you'll see it right away. Just watch from w- right when he gets in the phone booth and you'll spot it like immediately. All right. It's pretty cool. Okay, uh, so then uh, he gets yep. he gets in the car. Uh, He takes off and speeds away and he gets far enough ahead that he's able to like zip around a bend and like get off the road and kind of go around a corner and hide behind a hill and at that point he's just like, I'm just going to sit here. i'm not going anywhere and and
0: he's done it in a way where he's pretty sure the truck doesn't know
1: where he is yeah the truck is going to go by and it's not going to realize that he's not on the road
0: anymore and this is kind of one of those things where i'm like yeah it's a real truck and it's a real person but i'm like i that's the right move right like once you've lost the guy just stay put don't give him any way to find you anything like that hey there's steven spielberg Okay, I saw it. Um, you saw it? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, just stay put and, and and just let time go by. This is what I would do in that scenario. And yet the truck is even more patient because he gets back on the road. Well, he goes to sleep, right? And then he, he wakes up to asleep. a horn blast. Now you're right. saying, is it is this... No, the train track scene you're saying was added was the one where he's trying to be pu- almost pushed onto the tracks? Yes. Okay.
1: Yeah, yeah. So, from here on out, it's just a flat-out chase. Like, our guy is trying to get away. The truck is after him. You know, there's some back and forth. But mostly, like, our guy's just pushing his little Valiant faster and faster and faster, trying to get away. And they kind of head up into this hilly area. They're, like, going up into these mountains. And so, there are a lot of hills. And so, like, the guy, our guy is using the hills, because he realizes that the truck can't keep up with him when, like, going uphill, you know, the truck is hauling too much weight, and so he can, like, put some distance in. But then all of a sudden they're going downhill, and so then Mm -hmm. the truck has the advantage and it's catching up. And so there's this kind of whole push and pull cat and mouse thing that's going on, and
0: then, boom, the radiator hose breaks. Right. Okay, so, like I said, I'm not a car guy, but I have had radiator trouble, and I know... If you push it, you will kill your car. That this is guy's correct. car should be dead by the time because he's not slowing down. It hits the two. I, I they put it in the two. Go ahead. <laughs> but if you're going fast enough downhill
1: and not using the engine that much, and this is true, the wind will actually cool your engine to an extent and allow you to keep going that's true but that uh, doesn't
0: happen for a good while no <laughs> yeah he's, he's still well, going up i got
1: the impression that he's going slower and slower and slower while his car is like his dying
0: foot is down though
1: and yeah and he's so, trying he's making a, a valiant attempt he goes for at least five minutes with that radiator busted
0: i've done that i've ruined a car with the radiator busted and in my experience, his car is toast. <laughs> it's a terrible the, feeling. It's a yeah, terrible feeling, especially when you're being traced by a murderous truck. And when he later starts his car back up, I'm like, bullshit, because <laughs> there's no way your car is done. That car is not starting. And even if it does start, you still have no water in your radiator. Well, we'll just
1: rate that one up to mo- yeah. movie magic. Yeah, movie magic.
0: Fair so, enough. Maybe es- he had a gallon of Freon in his trunk. I don't know.
1: Right. So essentially, like, they're in the mountains. He's up at the top of the hill. The truck is kind of following him. And I, th- I think he stops and kind of turns around, right? And there's, like, a face-off moment where it's almost like like a joust, right? They're facing each other. They're going to run at each other. Yeah. And, and, and this is it. You're going to play chicken, essentially. So, our guy revs his car, gets it going, and takes his briefcase and wedges it down there to keep the, the gas pedal to the ground. Yeah. And then he, he opens the door and jumps out of the car at the last second. His car has a head-on collision with the truck and bursts into flames. The flames obscure the trucker's... View. This is the mm-hmm. way I took it. I think this is what we're supposed I, to be getting here. You yeah, know, it's a bit of a it's a bit of a mishmash. Uh, but then the truck can't see what's going on and it drives off a cliff.
0: Yeah, and here's the point where I'm like, okay, we've seen the word flammable for the last 80 minutes. It's time, baby, <laughs> and it never explodes. And I'm it like, does dang it. does not
1: explode. And
0: my yeah. explanation for that is it is empty. That this guy is not actually transporting any goods anywhere. And also Uh, by being empty, it allows him to be more mobile and faster for this is what he does on Saturday. This is like,
1: this is a Saturday afternoon. I'm going to go out. I'm going to find a joker from the city. I'm going to taunt them and kill them. That's, that's his move. Well, it backfires
0: Uh, and yeah. And I appreciate that. They show, they make a point of showing not the driver's face, but his arm as he's trying to drive. And Uh, apply the brakes so you they're very much established this is not a supernatural truck for some reason I still have it in my brain that maybe (laughs) but it's not you know this guy is dead they I like this lingering shot of the wreckage Um, the
1: the the whole shot of the truck going over the cliff mm -hmm. is spectacular yep like they definitely took a real truck and drove it off a real cliff I read about it after the fact, and essentially they they had the stunt man who was driving the truck the whole time just jump out of the truck at the last second. Like that was the big move in this movie. Oh, like was you know same thing with David. He he really did that stunt and jumped out of the phone booth at this last second. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, this guy just drove the truck off a cliff and jumped out at the last second, and uh, the the. The truck goes over the cliff and the dust is flying everywhere, and it's getting all mangled and like jackknifed and flops over, and it's just a it's a very spectacular shot.
0: Now uh, you you mentioned that he jumps out, and I and in the shot you can see the driver's side door is open. You can, and I thought, oh, maybe the driver got out. Now, granted, this is now that we know this, it's 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 just a practical effect of having the actual perf- stuntman jump out. But I was like, maybe the, the actual driver, the fictional driver, jumped out and we're going to have a real confrontation here and finally Knife get some fight. answers. Knife
1: fight. Yeah.
0: Yeah, something. And, you know, you don't get that. And uh, our hero is jumping up and down like a little boy on Christmas. I've done it. <laughs> 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 done it. And then he it, just sits there.
1: And he just sits down in the credits roll. It's a very Hitchcock ending. It's very much this, like,
0: yes. And it's done.
1: Credits, <laughs> and
0: then it's over. Yeah, and I th- I feel like this is a a, a very, ins- like, from my understanding, Spielberg is inspired by Hitchcock. And I think you can see that in this movie, I think with the music, too. It's very limited, uh, but when it's there, it's very strings heavy, reminds me of Psycho a lot um there there is a particular segment that i was like oh man that is
1: lifted right out of psycho you know it's not the exact same it's not like they use the actual psycho soundtrack right. it, but exactly. there, there's a moment in that like soundtrack Carrie, where it and was like oh shit like they, they really went there with that soundtrack
0: yeah i think he definitely would have seen and was inspired by psycho so which is understandable because it's a classic Yeah,
1: now, but I I thought as far as like a like
0: a just bare bones suspense film, this was very effective. I had a lot of fun, like uh, no boredom at all. Just, and I like movies in the seventies. I like the film grain that you get. There's something charming about it to me. Me too, and like the the opening shots. So.
1: the opening shots are basically David pulling out of his garage and then driving through LA. I think it's LA, right? Uh, in the 1970s. And it gives you this like long lingering look at what just the streets and the signs and the highways and everything looked like in the 1970s. And it's kind of fascinating. Like it's, it's like the film quality is really good. It doesn't look old. Somebody obviously went through and restored this film and, Uh uh, It's really pretty cool. It's like a little time machine moment, you know? And uh, yeah, I just really dug it. Really dug it. I I was surprised because I didn't know what to expect. I knew it was a made-for-TV movie. I really thought that maybe I was going to be bored or it was going to be corny. uh, And that was not it at all. I'm actually, I'm actually into this. (laughs) It's actually pretty good.
0: So this is such a positive start for me because it took forever for Alfred Hitchcock to start making movies that didn't suck. Um, And it's just nice to know that Spielberg was at least competent and creative and good at making an enjoyable feature. Uh, So let's talk then about the possible or not allegory around what's playing on the radio at the beginning of the movie and uh, the conversation with his wife. Cause I'm interested to hear where, where you're going with that.
1: Okay. So when he pulls off to call his wife, they have a conversation and he's just saying, you know, there's a lot of, a lot of, I thought you would be home on time and him saying, I think I will be home on time. So, you know, stop sweating me about it. Yeah. But then his wife brings up something that happened the night before at a party where uh, somebody that they know, some person, perhaps it's somebody that that David Mann works with or a friend or something, like is hitting hardcore on the wife, and David Mann doesn't say anything.
0: I'm guessing like his boss or something, <laughs> you know? Yeah, because yeah, if and- it's if it's a peer, you say something, but if it's your superior. I'm mean, Yeah, you say something, but in this case, that would be enough pressure. Ooh, I can't lose my job. I mean, Right, and the wife says, like, he was
1: practically raping me. I really think that you could have said something. Right. And David Mann just kind of blows it off. Like, he just kind of... It's like, what did you want me to do? Yeah, exactly. And so then he's in, he's in the car, and he's... uh listening to the radio and there's like a, a DJ doing a, a call or something. And maybe you remember more. I remember I kind felt of like a talk show. It. it did feel yeah. like a talk show. So yeah. the
0: big gist of it was he was talking to like a, it almost like he was getting tax advice on the radio of all places. And he was talking about how had a household. It, that's what it was. It was head of yeah, household. Who who I could, my wife, is I can't remember the exact reason why he would need to put her as head of household, but he was really resistant to it. It's embarrassing to have my wife be listed as head of household. I can't do, you know, and it was like, come on, bro. <laughs> yeah,
1: I've lost the ability to claim myself as the head of household. Yeah. And, and uh, because if it's kind of jokey, like because my wife is so, you know, aggressive or something. And then David Mann makes another comment to Uh, at the gas station or something Mm -hmm. uh, somebody's filling it up and and he makes some comment about like how his wife is in charge or, you know, like the guy says you're in charge and he says, Oh, not at my house. That's right. Yeah. Which all led me to think that the entire film is about this guy's emasculation. Like it, it, the whole thing the truck is the penis of the guy who is hitting on his wife. That's essentially where I came out at. I was like, the, the, "The truck, the truck is other masculine men bearing down on this dude who is not able to stand up under the pressure." Right, and and, and the whole thing is just a big metaphor for his
0: boss trying to bang dude. his wife. Uh, so the scene in the in the uh, restaurant where he goes, "Hey, man." could you stop it please it's not funny anymore <laughs> it's almost like he's trying to do what he should have done the at the party yeah interesting right <laughs> and,
1: Like like he, he he's trying to build himself up to have this conversation and you can just picture him the night before doing the exact same thing like like hey man it's my wife you know and he obviously did not do it and he kind of fails in this situation too when he does eventually build himself up to have a conversation it's misplaced it's misdirected you know it's ineffective um so it's essentially you know just this this metaphor for this guy who eventually is able to stand up for himself at the very end and you know get himself out of this situation uh but yeah and and so once i started putting the pieces together i kind of was like you know i don't really know how that sits with me. It it feels like that entire metaphor is kind of dated. It's kind of, you know, like all about uh, gender roles and how this guy is having trouble conforming to, you know, the masculine gender role and and so on. uh, Like, I don't know if that's really what Spielberg was going for with this or if Matheson, it's based on a short story by Richard Matheson. Um, if that's what Matheson was, uh, you know, going after too, because I haven't read the short story, but it does definitely feel like a theme that might not play as well in this day and age, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't
0: know. I, don't I know. think I, I, at least like when you say that scenes start making not more sense, but start fitting into that. Puzzle of of yeah oh, that does make sense yeah because yeah but then again you're saying that scene where he has that phone call with his wife is extra you know that's right yeah. right
1: and so again like I I don't know I don't I'm not a hundred percent that that's what this film is going for yeah you know but if viewed through that lens it all fits like yeah. it all makes sense uh you know yeah so i don't know i i did see another thing online uh that i didn't dig too far into that that was kind of looking at it through the lens of class warfare like basically white collar versus blue collar uh workers it's like a blue collar workers kind of revenge against the white collar oppression uh uh, yeah which i think doesn't it doesn't quite it doesn't gel the same way yeah yeah it doesn't
0: gel it is an aspic um that's a hitchcock quote uh, it's going to take me a while to shake the Hitchcock off of me. Um, <laughs> so, uh, well, as a first movie goes, I think we're in good shape. I really
1: do. I, I think that this was a banger to start and I'm very curious to see where these next two go because they are both made for TV films, right? And we're going to be
0: watching them on YouTube, right? <laughs> like- yeah. I can't find them through legitimate Um, But it does seem that you can find uh, the next two movies on YouTube currently as of this. And if they take them down, I don't know what we're going to do. Okay, (laughs) Yeah, we're just going to have to skip ahead to the next major release, I guess. But uh, as of this recording and when I last checked, both of these films are still on there. And I don't think they're going anywhere uh, because they've been there. That's one of these things like I think there's some content that people just don't care like that's on the youtube you know i and agree I
1: think, yeah i think that there's there's certain it's maybe copyrighted
0: but nobody's paying attention you right know? Or, and yeah the studio's like well we're not making any money off of that anyway just leave it who cares because uh, there were several hitchcock movies i had to watch all of which are still in copyright but i had to watch on youtube or a website called um daily Motion. So, uh, which I call bootleg YouTube. So we'll be watching that. This is uh, our next movie is one year later, 1972, also made for television. It is a horror movie called something evil. Uh, a young couple moves into a farmhouse in rural Pennsylvania when they don't, what they don't know is that there's an unseen presence in the house and that it wants to take possession of the wife. This movie runs for an hour and 13 minutes, Oh, gosh. Just, Easy just, peasy. Oh, my man. I, <laughs> as a guy who does two movie podcasts, and uh, the next movie I'm doing for my other podcast is two hours and 41 minutes. This is oh, a God. breath of fresh air. What is it? What is the, what is the one? It's a Scorsese uh, movie. Could've yeah, won. yeah. Um, yeah, so uh, I guess we'll uh, plug a couple things. Why don't you start us off, Eric? Uh, yeah, so uh,
1: you can also find me at the, the Gaming Nexus show, which is another podcast with uh, myself and some uh, fellow writers and cohorts from GamingNexus.com. It's a website that I write for. Um, it's a bi-weekly show where we kind of just chit chat about uh video games not necessarily the newest current hottest games but more about you know gaming concepts and what it means to us in our lives mm-hmm. and, and and how it engages we engage with them you know on a personal level and things like that so uh so yeah you can find me there also at gamingnexus.com um I have a youtube channel where i play uh, new release video games. I check out a lot of stuff, uh, and that's just Eric Hotter, Eric with the C H A U T E R, and you can also follow me at Eric underscore hotter at Twitter.
0: All of that'll be in the description, as will uh, my other aforementioned podcast. The what is it even called? <laughs> the movie Draft House, where myself and Mark uh, pick movies based on a theme monthly, and then we discuss it. Often, uh, I get angry and yell, and he. Uh, sits there patiently like uh it's basically one big preview for when we eric and i review hook um (laughs) (laughs) that's the main reason we're here is i need to yell at eric about hook uh also uh budget arcade which is a weekly or a bi-weekly podcast where we review free to play games um and uh you can find me on twitter at podcast by jeff that's it uh so one down in the can this is not going to be anywhere near as difficult as last season because he has about half the movies and we're also going bi-weekly so we'll see you in two weeks for something evil